Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings Podcast 2. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. This podcast is going out a little bit earlier than the normal space between podcasts because I wanted to get a feel for the mic that I got. Yay, new mic! And uh, get a little bit more into uh, editing and getting into the normal format so you guys could see if it was a match for your taste in podcasting as well. I'm going to change the formatting just a little bit from now on. I'm going to target three different segments if I can, and there's going to be a sort of addendum up front of the podcast to anything I might have said that I didn't intend to say in the last podcast. The thing I want to clear up from last podcast is that it kind of sounded like I hadn't gotten a job at all in the last uh, seven years or so since I got my bachelor's in psychology. What I meant was that I hadn't gotten a job using the psychology degree. Also, as a note for this podcast, I am currently recording outside on college campus, so there may be some random noises uh, that the microphone picks up, like birds have been picked up. Um, If it gets too loud, I'll delete those out, but hopefully you won't hear anything in the background too terrible. Normally what I'll do is I'll just record at work after my shift, but Monday is a holiday, so we don't have any work then, so my next chance wouldn't be until Friday. I think I can finish the majority of the podcast between today and Wednesday, which would put it out a week from the first podcast, which I think is a good space of time, um, since this one will be so much better in quality and uh, organization, hopefully. That concludes my opening thoughts for this podcast, so after the break, we will come back with Section 1, Crossing the Karanas. Welcome to the madness of my mind! You float aimlessly through past, present, and future. How will you survive? <laughs> Holy nightmare! Precisely, boy wonder! Illogical. I kind of just said that, you pointy-eared freak! Crazy fool! And soon you will be too! <laughs> my dear guests, I am Mr. Roar, ah, your host. Yes, Welcome I... to Fantasy Island. And so, the madness begins. So the gaming concept I want to talk about now is something I called social hubs. This basically only exists in all nine multiplayer games, and it's a concept where players gather up either by player choice naturally or by specific game design. I decided to call the segment Crossing the Karanas because back in EverQuest 1 was the first time I encountered social hubs. While many of them were designed specifically within the game by the developers, such as cities or quest hubs, the ones that interested me more were the ones developed by players, where they naturally occurred. The one that pops to mind the the strongest is Crossing the Karanas. Back in EverQuest 1, there were these really huge zones that were filled with a lot of monsters, and depending on the player population at the time, they could be almost inconceivable to cross on your own because of the vast number of monsters and just you. So what resulted were players gathering up at the zone lines on both sides of the Karanas. Uh, They would sit and wait for other players to show up, they'd say hi, and they'd cross together in groups. 
What resulted were a lot of players who would interact with one another, find out that they had similar playtimes, similar playstyles, and uh, if they were within the same level range, sometimes they would just stick together and start an adventure just from that. What also resulted were longer-lasting relationships between players. They would find out, uh, you know, this guy helped me out back then, and if they couldn't have grouped at the time, maybe they did later on when they were closer to level cap or closer to matched level range. They would say, hey, I remember you. You helped me cross the Coronas at one night. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Hey, do you want to group? And, and they'd group together, and there were really the beginnings of the early social interactions. I don't recall that they had a friend list at the time, but they certainly had a tell system, and you could always just send tells to people you knew. Similarly, players would gather at the entrances to dungeons or other dangerous areas, and you would often see people you'd seen before, you could pick up and drop groups. And people who were of the same class, who normally wouldn't be within the group, like I was a cleric, so I never really grouped with any other clerics. We would see each other and we'd say hi and we'd exchange cleric stories, as it were. Sometimes, too, players would become known for what they did at these social hubs. Like, I would often sit outside a dungeon and solo for long, long periods of time while waiting for a group. Clerics were pretty popular on my server, so sometimes it was really hard for me to find that group. Other days, I would just sit around and help people. I became uh, known for sitting around and holding service at uh, the Desert of Roe. Uh, there was an oasis, and they had a, a little boat that stopped at this dock, and I would hang out at the dock. So I really became known for two things uh, back in the day. Uh, three things. Uh, one was that I was the cleric who soloed. Uh, I actually had some respect from people for doing that because it was really difficult to solo as a cleric. I was also known for the guy who was outside the dungeon. So when people died or wiped, it would be like, Hey, Dark Pack, can you go in and, and help res us? Can you get our bodies? Uh, and I was also known as one of the only Dark Elf clerics on the server. Uh, that's kind of a side point, but interesting to point out. I think in a lot of games in recent times, they're forgetting that these social hubs, both game-generated and player-generated, are really kind of critical to the gameplay experience. Without proper implementation in the game, the players lose a lot of interest. They will sometimes struggle and try and form social hubs themselves, uh, like they'll, they'll try and create places to group if the looking for group channel doesn't exist, or they'll try and make areas for crafting an easier exchange of goods if a auction house doesn't exist. Like in EverQuest 1 on my server, there was a tunnel between uh, East and West Commons, and that sort of became the bizarre spot back in the day when there was no auction house. Uh, it started on Sunday, people would just go and have a bazaar, as they called it, and uh, it expanded to Saturday too, and it just became this social thing that people did, and it became known for the place to go if you wanted to trade goods. But without a place for players to create such a spot, without them existing correctly in the game, like if you have questing hubs and you just go from one hub to the next hub to the next hub, they aren't really proper hubs because they're not gathering enough players, they're not gathering enough players of varying levels. They're not gathering enough players of similar levels. They have to do all of these things and more. And a lot of the developers these days seem to be forgetting to do that. They seem to be just putting in hubs and not really considering why players are going to the hubs. What are they doing at these hubs? Who will be at these hubs? And these are really important factors to consider that developers really need to pay attention to.
More often than not, it will probably be true that my ramblings are just ramblings. Players can consider my words, but unless developers really change and really take action upon what I'm talking about, uh, there's really not going to be anything important that will result. Ramblings are ramblings, and it may make you consider stuff. It may make you realize what you like or don't like about games, so hopefully that will help us both in terms of understanding what games we like to play and why we like to play them, as well as understanding what games might be coming down the line that we may also be interested in or not interested in. This brings us to the end of section one for this podcast, and we'll be right back, though I'm going to move locations. It's getting a little too cold here on campus, so I'm not sure when I'll continue the podcast, but for you, it will just be a few seconds. Bitter dregs. Fascinating. In this segment, I would like to talk a little bit about being a gamer. Some people don't consider themselves gamers when they in fact are. Many people just think of gamers as people who are really hardcore players, but they tend to forget that those people who are casual, who play console games maybe five hours a week every few weeks even, are still gamers. It's not just about the amount of playtime, it's about loving the game and enjoying the game and having a good time, both for yourself and with your friends. The reason why I think it's important to talk about is because people sometimes forget that they are gamers. On a board once I was talking to somebody and he said that he was really hardcore into gaming and he actually had to stop. It boggles my mind that he said he went from playing 40 to 60 hours a week to playing nothing at all. I asked him, why did you stop? What are you doing now instead? He said, instead of playing, he's just reading boards and spending time being on different boards and looking at the different games and thinking about what it would be like to game. I told him, you haven't stopped being a gamer. You're still a gamer. You're still sitting at that same computer where you would be sitting 40 to 60 hours a week. You're just doing it on boards instead of playing the game. I just couldn't fathom why he would stop playing the game and read boards instead and claim he's no longer, you know, playing the game. He's still playing the game in his mind. He's just not playing the game. And this just seemed absurd to me. Another person on the board mentioned something similar. He said that he had had children and so he had to stop gaming, so he was no longer a gamer. I told him in the similar fashion, you're still a gamer. At your heart, you still want to game. You still want to play those games. You still think about those games. Even though you don't have time because of your kids, I think you really should make the time. You should find something you can play with your kids because you are still a gamer. You can't deny what is in your nature. Just because you think you shouldn't doesn't mean you shouldn't. Being a gamer is far more than just sitting at the computer or sitting at a console, even sitting at role-playing games and playing, you know, what you consider to be too much, quote-unquote. You can still be a gamer and only play a few hours once or twice a month. It's about loving the games. It's about having fun, having a good time, and feeling better that you were able to do something you enjoyed. Maybe it's just my definition of the word gamer. Maybe it's their definition of the word gamer. But I think if you enjoy playing the games, if you enjoy having a good time, if you enjoy exploring, 
different aspects of different games with your friends or alone or online or even card games, uh, role-playing games, miniatures games, any kind of games. If you enjoy exploring a world that is different from your own, I think that's really important to not deny. People who say, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore, I have to stop because of this, I, I think that's really bad for you, bad for your spirit. And that you shouldn't deny allowing yourself to play and have fun if that's what you want to do, if that's what you enjoy. The normal pattern is for people to deny their inner selves until they have children and then they go, oh, I can play all these games with my kids. Now, because I'm playing with my children, it's okay to have fun. I think people who do that really are denying a big part of themselves. You should play and have fun your whole life. You shouldn't stop. If gaming is what you enjoy, then you should have fun. As long as it's not detrimental to anything, as long as you can still function, you know, go to work and have your regular family life and do the other things you enjoy, then you should keep playing. You should find a way to have fun. Even if it's reduced hours compared to what you used to do, even if it's different kinds of games, like you've transitioned from uh, computer gaming to console gaming because you have children, or maybe you've gone from uh, video gaming to board games and pen and paper gaming. As long as you're still gaming, as long as you're still playing, as long as you're still exploring different worlds and having fun and interacting with other people, be it your friends, be it strangers, then that's what's important. That's what matters. I know this section was extra rambly and extra short, um, but I think it's kind of important to think about that. Some people consider that they can't game and so they're no longer a gamer. Like right now, I'm homeless and I can't game, except for my phone. Um, but I'm still a gamer. I still want to game. I still have the desire to play games and have fun and interact with other people and explore new things. Maybe some people would call me a little crazy in gaming and going a little overboard because I'm on the boards all the time. I'm running my hardware website and now I'm doing a podcast talking about gaming. But for me, gaming is really my only hobby besides collecting movies, so it's really pretty much my big thing that I do. And really the point of this section is just to make people aware of who who they are in terms of gaming, what do they enjoy. And if they can't do gaming for a while, that's okay. But just acknowledge that you shouldn't deny it, you shouldn't stop completely, you shouldn't say, well, I can no longer game, so I'm not going to game at all, and I'm going to be okay with that. Because chances are you're probably not really going to be okay. You're probably going to be sad. You should still game. You should still find a way to game. There's lots and lots of different ways to game. Game on the computer. You can game on the console. You can game on pen and paper gaming. You can game on miniatures. You can game on card games. You can even game in traditional games, uh, you know, chess, checkers, that sort of stuff. Just find out what it is about the games you enjoy and the style of gaming that you like to play and have fun with it, you know, have fun. Life is really too short and too stressful to deny having fun. I've been sitting in a parking lot for about an hour doing this segment. Um, I've had to stop and start a lot because obviously being in a parking lot there's cars going by even though it's been 10.30 to 11.30 o'clock at night. I did kind of want to do this segment, uh, you know, soon so that I can get the podcast out by Wednesday. 
But I think it's kind of appropriate to do this segment uh, right now in the car while I don't have a, a better place to do it because being homeless and being restricted to gaming on my phone and just talking about gaming online and not actually really playing, it really just seems important to make other people aware that even though you can't play, even though you can't play as much, even though you can't play as you used to play and you used to enjoy playing, you are still a gamer. There are so many aspects of my life right now that I can't play like I want to play or I can't play at all in some cases. Like I have no friends to do role playing games with. I have no gaming computers so the only thing I could play was World of Warcraft until just recently when my uh, my netbook stopped wanting to play it. My, it just started blue screening every time I tried to log in. I think there was a patch that made it completely impossible for me to play. So uh, there's no games I can really play. But, you know, for these two and a half years plus a month now that I have been homeless, I've always wanted to play. I did go and play some games, uh, mostly World of Warcraft, at a internet gaming center. But that's, uh, you know, that's pretty expensive. So I did that just short term. But at no point have I stopped being a gamer. At no point did I say, well, I'm homeless and I can't play, so I'm no longer a gamer. I, I have always been a gamer. Even when I was really small, I've always been a gamer. Maybe it's different for other people. Maybe they just haven't discovered the kind of gamer they are. But I think pretty much everybody is a gamer. Of course, not everybody in the whole world. I mean, some people don't like gaming at all. But like I said, there's all kinds of different gaming. I mean, even just regular card games, you know, like Hearts or whatever. That's still gaming to some degree. So just acknowledge that if you are a gamer, if you were a gamer, you probably always will be a gamer. Just realize that, you know, the style of game you may play will change and metamorphosize over time. Obviously, there weren't, uh, you know, online games until recently the last uh, 10 or 11 years online games have shown up uh, before that they didn't exist so you know the games change over time and you will change with them and you will change independent of them like like I said people grow up they have kids and things cycle things change around and that's okay be okay with it like I said, I'm probably going to close out this section of the podcast because I'm sitting in my car and the parking lot's pretty much empty now and I'm sitting here holding a silver ball and it looks like I'm going to be like Phantasm Guy and throw it at somebody and kill them any second now. So I probably look like a crazy person. So I will be right back after the break. Welcome Robins from Berlin's. Something that came up on the boards about 10 months ago for Rift was the aspect of uh, character customization. Some people had commented on some early footage of character customization about the features of the character in terms of bone structure and uh, I, I think there was a lack of height and weight at the time and uh, mostly hair and eye color. They were going on quite a bit about that. Up until only recently, and still even today, we see a lot of online games coming out that have very few customizations for hair or color or eye color. 
I remember at the time not really getting why it was so important. Why is it important to have 20 hairstyles instead of five? Your helmet's going to cover it up. Um, why is it important to have so many different skin colors? Also, crafting was a very big issue. How many kinds of crafting activities there would be? How are they going to go about crafting in terms of you know the steps involved and the materials needed and the uh, clickiness, I guess, of it would be a, a good term to put it. And while I myself come from a pen and paper role-playing background, so I tend to be more of a role player in even online games, I didn't quite get why it was so important to these people. Why were two or three of them saying, if it doesn't have this, I'm not going to play. I'm going to refuse to play if there's only five hairstyles. I'm going to refuse to play if there's only three crafting options. I thought to myself, what crazy things to say. How can this possibly be so important to these people that they don't want to play the game because there aren't enough hairstyles or there aren't, isn't enough crafting or there isn't the exact kind of craft that they want to do? As I thought about it more and more over the last 10 months and more so over the past week or so that I've been considering this topic, I think I've finally arrived at the conclusion that it must be because these are the things that they can really control. When you get into tier play and you get your tier sets, your character becomes more and more generic looking. They become, you know, like carbon copies of one another. A cleric looks like a cleric. A warrior looks like a warrior. It becomes that the hairstyles and the skin tones and the crafting and all of these little things add up to be the only thing that the player feels like is differentiating them from the other characters of their type of race and class. So I guess I kind of get it. I get why they want these things that make them individual characters among same type characters. I myself though I think personality will add into it a lot. People will begin to know you for your mannerisms, where you stand in the group, how you fight, how you pull if you're a puller, how you heal if you're a healer, and how you emote and talk to other people. Once upon a time, and I can't recall what game this happened in, but it was a while ago, I was playing as one of my characters, we were standing around, and I was being my usual silly self, I was doing emotes and funny sayings, and the person, one of the people in the group said, hey, have you met this other character, so-and-so? And I go, yes, so-and-so is my alt. And they go, whoa, because they recognized my mannerisms and, and my play style as a player through my characters. And so my personality showed through. So I'm all for dying armor. I'm all for m more armor sets than we could possibly ever use and having options, as well as multiple hairstyles and lots of different crafting. But I don't know if, for me, that really will make or break a game. I'm certainly not going to refuse to play one because it doesn't have a hairstyle I'm really happy with. I'll just pick one I'm moderately happy with. You may agree, you may disagree. Uh, this is one of those things that I think uh, a bunch of people will have different opinions on. And what matters to them matters to them. And I don't know, maybe this whole section was just rambling to you. And that's uh, part of who the rabbit is. I ramble. Ha! I know this section was a little bit shorter than it should have been, but I don't really know what to say about it, and I couldn't think of anything better really to talk about. Hopefully, I'll have uh, the regular two weeks now, and so I'll be able to come up with some better topics to talk about, as well as uh, having a better recording situation. Uh, 
In this last segment, I think you may have heard more noises than I want to come through on the microphone. Stupid little airplane or remote control car or some poop. Um, but yeah, that's the end of this section, and I think I will close out the podcast, do my final editing, and get it ready to go out in the morning on Wednesday the 18th. So that's it for this podcast. I'll see you next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. This podcast is going out a little bit earlier than the normal span between podcasts because I wanted to use the new mic and get a feel for uh, what my podcast would be nor- like. Blah, 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 blah. This podcast is going out a little bit earlier than the normal. So that concludes the introductory. Without social hubs being properly intimated. Pl- intimated? While many of them were designed within the game, pesky birds, you have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find my website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use a space and be sure to put the one in place of i whenever you type rabbit rabbits ramblings is copyright 2011 and is released under a creative commons attribution share alike license